0: is a huge component and as Anne was sharing, just a really non-judgmental, welcoming, supportive environment where um, anyone can come at any age and any stage and we meet people where they're at because it, that is so important. Like you, you were kind of alluding earlier to not all exercise is equal exercise, just as not all nutrition is equal nutrition. And so it is a great start to get out and walk but walking alone is a short-term solution and has its limitations. But the way that we're going to exercise to treat blood pressure versus diabetes versus depression is going to be very different. And the modality of exercise that we'll use will be very different. And I'm of the belief that if you are going to commit an hour to an exercise session, Let's get the most bang for your buck. Let's get the most customized exercise program you can possibly get in there.
1: Yik. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Eat Real to Heal podcast, where we cover all topics related to reversing chronic disease, food as medicine, and everything that makes up the gamut of living an optimal life full of optimal health and on today's show we have sarah hodson sarah hodson is a clinical exercise physiologist and founder and the ceo at livewell exercise clinics really what sarah stands for is exercise as medicine which is why i love having her on the show because as you all know i'm nicolette Richet, the founder and ceo of green mustache and the eat real to heal podcast and my mantra is food as medicine so to be able to sit alongside a powerhouse such as sarah where exercise is medicine you can imagine what kind of team and force we would be in the world when it comes to helping you achieve optimal health but we often don't cover exercise on our show we really try and stick to the topics of food as medicine because of the fact that there is so much information out there around all the trends, the fad diets. Um, You know, there's so much science, there's so much knowledge around food as medicine, but it's actually left us wondering what do we actually eat, what actually works. So to be able to have Sarah on the show, she's been up against similar battles around Exercise as medicine, as well. So, we're going to jump into that side because exercise is important. You know that movement is important, but what kind of movement is important? And more specifically, because our show is really about reversing chronic disease, is there an exercise that helps you actually tackle your chronic disease? What kind of movement and exercise could you be doing that would benefit your body versus? putting further stress on your body when you have a chronic illness. And Sarah is gonna talk all about that today. Now, Sarah founded Live Well in 2011 to follow her passion and vision that every individual with a health concern can actually benefit from exercise and live a healthy and full life. Sarah has pioneered pioneered the movement of medical fitness by creating clinics that practice, practice exercise as medicine. She's identified this gap between medical care and fitness after working for 10 years in hospital-based cardiac rehab centers. So Live Well Exercise Clinic is an ultra private gym for people with health concerns and with health conditions. Her clinics provide the expert guidance, community and accountability that people need to live a healthy lifestyle. Sarah is determined for Canada to lead the world in medical fitness programming initiatives. She was named BC's top 40 under 40 last year, as well as being the Surrey Board of Trades Business Person of the Year. LiveWell has been recognized in the top 20 of BC's fastest growing companies for two consecutive years. And LiveWell now has 17 locations across Canada, with five set up to open in the next six months. On top of that, Sarah is also the proud mom of four children ages 10 to 16 years. Now, I know some of you don't like the term "mompreneur" or boss bitch or boss lady, but literally, Sarah is all that and more, and you're going to hear from her today on our podcast and in addition, we have a very special guest, Andone Doan from the LiveWell Clinic. She is a member of LiveWell and she's gonna talk about her direct experience in benefiting from all the expertise and guidance that Sarah and her team at LiveWell Exercise Clinics provide. Now, before we jump into the show, I just wanna remind everyone that I am launching, we have launched officially, the 22 million strong tour. And that is all of the training that's gonna be getting me to June 1st, 2021, where I'll be hitting the pavement on my bike with my running shoes and cycling and running across Canada for 75 consecutive days. Now, I'm gonna be doing this fully on a plant-based whole foods, unrefined food lifestyle. And what I'm learning is as I dive deeper into the training, deeper into this campaign, getting sponsors and partners and donors on board. Um, I'm learning that I'm actually one of very few women ever to have done this, to be be able to leave by foot from the West Coast of North America and end in the East Coast of North America and to do this entirely plant-based. And so as a result, we have a lot of interest from different researchers and scientists, and we're going to be announcing that soon because we're going to actually be publishing studies on my training and my tour across Canada, where I'm going to be analyzed looking at over 700 different proteins, looking at several different markers, looking at my heart blood volume, looking at so many different things internally um, as we do this tour. Now, another thing that I'm really proud about with the 22 million strong campaign is that every couple days, we're gonna be stopping to meet with indigenous communities, with physicians groups and youth groups to understand what are the barriers to understanding that food is medicine? What are the barriers to accessing clean, real food that can be used as medicine? As many of you know, We have a real, real, huge, serious problem all across North America, not just in Canada, but in the United States as well. Actually, in Australia, New Zealand, South America, um, Africa, all parts of Europe, and Asia as well, um, where we have really decimated the food systems of Indigenous communities and Aboriginal and First Nations and Métis communities all around the world and we have forcibly removed indigenous members from their land meaning that we've also removed them from their food systems that serve them for tens and hundreds of thousands of years now part of 22 million strong is to understand how can we rebuild those food systems how can we help Indigenous communities and support them in remembering the knowledge that they held for for generations that food was predominantly medicine, not just a social endeavor, which is what it really is now. And so with doing that, by understanding what are the barriers to accessing that food, we can then later go back in after the tour and help to build these systems, not go into the communities and tell them what we think is right, but by actually working with the communities, allowing them to identify what are the barriers, then we can help support in rebuilding the systems that have been in place for hundreds of thousands of years, but have been broken down for the last 450 years. How do we return back to a decolonized Food system. So, this is going to be a super interesting journey that is really at the intersection of the work that I do with our green mustache companies, our richer health companies, and with my PhD research as well. We're going to be producing a documentary. So, we are looking for a producer, someone who wants to fund that documentary. So, stay tuned as we announce more information around how you can get involved if you know of anybody or if you want to be the producer of our documentary. Um, please reach out to us. We have a lot of work ahead of us. We obviously need a lot of funds to be able to support this incredible work that we're doing. So head on over to our 22 million strong website, Richer Health website, Green Mustache website, or Nicolette Richet website. They will all direct you to our fundraising platform so that you can help us generate the funds so we can really do an excellent job of rolling out this 22 million strong campaign. Now, let's leave it at that for when it comes to 22 million strong. You can learn more about that on all of our websites. And let's dive in to this incredible interview with Sarah Hodson, the CEO and founder of Live Well Exercise clinic. See you at the end. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Eat Real to Heal podcast. I am your host, Nicolette Richet, and on today's show, I'm so excited to dive into the topic of exercise as medicine with two beautiful people, And today we have Live Well on our show. And Live Well is an amazing company. But before we dive into that, um, let's welcome Sarah Hodson and Anne Doan to our show. Thank you for being here, ladies. Thank Thank
0: Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. So...
1: Anne is a member of LiveWell, so she is somebody who's using exercise as medicine, and Sarah is the founder and CEO of LiveWell, where you have now 17 locations.
0: Yeah, across Canada,
1: yeah. And you have how many more in the works that are about to open?
0: We have five that are under development um, in Calgary, Edmonton, and Ontario. So our clinics kind of span from BC, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Ontario.
1: Okay, amazing. So I wanna dive, Sarah, into your story of what made you want it to open up these exercise clinics, wellness clinics, and, and, um, and really more importantly, Really explain your model because it is very different than any other exercise clinic that's out there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, LiveWell was really born out of my work in cardiac rehab and identifying a massive gap that existed. Um, And that was the gap between medical care and fitness. Uh, So I got a kinesiology degree from UBC. And then i had an opportunity to work in cardiac rehab um, here in british columbia and uh, in order to work in cardiac rehab you get an extra certification called a clinical exercise physiologist and so it takes about a year to two to get all of the hours necessary and the certification to do that and so i um i worked really hard at that so it it is a, a commitment that you're making in a certain career so Um, For the next 10 years, I worked in both both a hospital-based cardiac rehab program and a community program. So meaning after someone has a heart attack, they are in an outpatient, they come in and they exercise for about 8, 12, even some hospitals do 16 weeks of inpatient of um, cardiac rehab. And then you go into the community and you can do a community cardiac rehab program. And you're hearing me say the word cardiac a lot. And the reason is because um, the the exercise program was only available to people who had had heart incidents. So whether it be bypass, stents, or heart attacks. Um, But my knowledge of how exercise really worked to prevent and manage chronic disease spans so far beyond heart disease. Um, And we constantly had people come through our program and say, can my wife come, she has diabetes, can my brother come, can my neighbor come, can my friend come with all of these other chronic health conditions, but they hadn't had a heart attack. And we always had to say, no, I'm sorry, they can't come to this program until they've had a heart attack. And so after saying no, so many times, likely hundreds of times, um, it Finally clicked for me a decade later that there was this massive gap between what we were doing in the hospitals of taking people still reactively after a health crisis. Um, And then we had big box gyms and the emergence of boutique fitness um, who were truly taking a focus of physique and performance to exercise but what about using exercise as medicine? What about using exercise as prevention? Um, That whole gap was just being completely forgotten. And so I tapped into my entrepreneurial spirit and in 2011, I opened up my first clinic in White Rock, British Columbia and i went to physicians because it was physicians that i had worked with in cardiac rehab and truly that to me made the most sense a doctor sees someone who has maybe high blood pressure maybe you know impaired fasting glucose and oftentimes the message is you know maybe you should exercise more and eat healthier and but people are left to do it on their own. And it may seem like a simple message, but it is not easy to do. And so so I I just have to just jump in there because it is
1: so hard to do. Like I have studied public health. I have studied, um, you know, you know, exercise and movement. I have studied nutrition. I have said, you know, everything you can imagine around um, health, sleep, everything, but changing your habits. And especially if you, you know, even, even if you know a lot about it, when you want to change a habit, it's hard to do because, you know, you are changing your entire lifestyle around that. And I mean, it just took me 16 years to get my booty, my booty, my booty moving again, my body, literally my booty moving again, because I dove, I had been an athlete, but then I started my own businesses, had kids. And then all of a sudden I was just behind my computer 24 seven. And all of these years, these last 16 years, you know, raising my kids and my businesses and, you know, trying to be an awesome wife and community member meant that I couldn't find that little switch that I could flick on to change my habits to get me exercising. I know how hard it is because there's pain associated with that as well on all levels, right? Mm-hmm. Changing a habit maybe lactic acid buildup, all of those things. So I get how hard it is. And especially if you have a chronic disease on top of that, like that has gotta be even harder. So when you went to these physicians and you suggested this to them, because obviously anybody who's listening to this is probably saying, duh, of course we shouldn't just treat people who've had a cardiac incident, we should get them before so what did these physicians say because most physicians are not in the in the realm of preventative medicine
0: yeah and i think that i had um identified a a pain in in physicians practices and that was that um you know physicians did want uh, a solution for their patients um but it was it's this whole new world of how do i actually get people to to make a chain and so I actually used the example of physiotherapy. I mean, you have a patient who has tendonitis in their elbow, and you refer your patient to physiotherapy because a physiotherapist this is a specialist in rehabbing the injury and getting the patient back to health Um, it is not your responsibility as this as the physician to give the person eight exercises and a theraband to go home with nor would you ever say you know what you should do is you should go home and hopefully you use google and youtube and you find the exercises to cure the tendonitis and everything's going to be okay and that's my prescription for you so why were we doing this for chronic disease Um, knowing that even 85% of people with diabetes die of heart disease, why were we only having cardiac rehab for the elite that had a heart attack? Um, And I I say that lightly and empathetically to all of the other people who could benefit from exercise as medicine. And the response was actually really good from from the doctors. They recognized that this was a support that they could use in their practice. Um, And and the doctors were were excited to learn more. And, and, you know, it also means a behavior change for the physician in how they speak with their patients in how they prescribe things. And so it wasn't just about changing the behavior of patients. This now also became changing the behavior of physicians. Yeah, that is huge,
1: huge, huge. So I want to jump over to Anne, because I have a couple questions around this, just around, and I want to, then I'm going to come back to you as well, Sarah, because I want to also dive more into your business model and how you uh, are able to maintain movement and exercise in your life as this Mother of four, and you know, having this extensive, amazing franchise company with tons of franchisees. So let's jump over to Anne. Anne, what was happening in your world that brought you to Live Well?
2: Um, I was turning fifty. I was battling with weight and mental health. I was a mother of three teenagers and young adults, and a wife to a business owner himself, and working within the school system and I was just burning out and there was no time for me and my family doctor who had said to me many many times eat less move more um, said to me one day here's this clinic I think you should try it out so it was a referral from my doctor that took me through the doors of live well um, six and a half years ago (laughs) and amazing
1: because if this was prior to 2011 you wouldn't have gotten that referral no, at all. Yeah. No. You, it would have been like, Hey, you know, like my mom, for example, you know, every time she'd go to the doctors, you know, arthritis in the knees and she's slightly overweight and the doctor would just say, Oh, you know what? You, you should just lose weight. But how eat do you more, lose weight?
2: Move, Eat less, move more Was the mantra, right? Like, yeah. And I
1: just love that you brought that up. Eat less, move more because with our company, we have a different mantra and it's actually eat more real food. And so actually by eating an abundance of real, beautiful, diverse, you know, predominantly plant-based whole foods, um, you know, reducing and trying to eliminate your refined food consumption, so you're eating more calories. So you can eat your face off actually, and then you move your body and then all of a sudden the weight falls off too. So there's like these two avenues. And it's interesting that that was what your doctor said, that eat less, because I have a lot of clients who tried that and they just don't succeed at it because it's hard to eat less, right? We are designed to actually be looking for food all the time.
2: And through my journey, my doctor has grown with me with the philosophy of exercise is medicine. And she's always asking, how's Live Well going? And what are you doing there? And so she's become a real believer in it. Mm-hmm. I know yeah. referred other patients.
1: Oh, that is amazing. That is amazing. So how has your experience been then with live? Well, I know you're on the spot here cause we've got the owner right <laughs> next to us, but um, how has it been for you? Like, how has it changed your life?
2: In so many ways. Um, I, I've always had a love hate relationship with exercise But it is such an important key, especially for me, for mental health. In the process of the last five years, I went from pre-diabetic to diabetic, but I'm managing it with my exercise. Um, The community and the support from the staff and the other members is amazing. You walk in the door and it just, everybody's supporting everybody and cheering each other on, no matter what they're working on at what level. Um, I'm going to go to Sarah for a second and her talking about her heart's, the cardiac rehab program is during COVID. Some of the members have moved over to live well, to keep up their exercise program. And, um, the other day I was in the clinic and there were a couple of people there and Sarah had popped in and it was like, she was a celebrity. They're like, Oh, there's Sarah, there's Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) It was quite cool to see. Um, Growing with the company and seeing it franchise and just being a member and part of it has been amazing. I attend three times a week and it's just an appointment with myself for myself, and I feel so much better. Mental health wise, I feel so balanced, like I can find my center and properly prioritize what I need, and that's, I think, has been the biggest.
1: I think that is so huge, especially, I mean, right now in this world of COVID, which is our new normal and the, uh, what the isolation has done to people. I mean, some people have moved more, like in my case, I got myself moving, but I also know stories of people who are now moving less because they're in a perpetual state of shock and overwhelm because of it so the mental health issues that are going to be the result of closing down the entire globe is it's going to be quite profound so we're so fortunate to have you know companies like livewell out there
2: i was it's you realize how important it is so COVID was a perfect example as we walked every day and then when the online classes started up we were attending them like it just because the routine and structure is there and the support I'm also going to mention, um, I ended up having a surprise surgery for a benign um, sinus tumor in July. And when I returned okay. four weeks later, the program that the staff had for me to rebuild was fantastic. Like they take in everybody's personal, okay, here's where you're at. Here's where you were. This is how we're going to get back there. And that's so what we it's need. so personalized. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's- and we need that for sure. Because every time... You know, you have anybody that you're working with, a client, you know, a child, an adult, a senior. I mean, you know, they might have a knee injury or they might have health co- pre-dispos- pre-disposed health conditions. And I know for myself, when I've hired personal trainers in the past to try and get me on board, it's amazing how so many questions they don't ask. They just expect you to go like, do three reps of this in the gym now. Like, you know, there's only one way to do it. And as opposed to know, like, it's so important that we have that full, full, full health history taken. And I know that's how LiveWell Well is very different as well.
2: And it's it's all a um, positive body image, positive support, celebrating everybody, whether they can do six push-ups or they're mm-hmm. on the treadmill for five minutes. It's celebrating everybody who's there
1: and what yes. they can do. I love that. I love that. So Sarah, when you first um, came up with your business model and I just have to mention, you know, for, I love how you said that, that entrepreneurial spirit came out, but it's been a couple of years in a row now that you have been business person of the <laughs> like top 40 under 40 or something. What is,
0: yeah, I mean, there's, um, uh, I was recognized as top 40 under 40. Um, and, uh, business person of the year, um, for the Surrey board of trade. And, um, as this again, kind of- against my husband, Oh <laughs> that yeah? That's, that, yeah. That's so it true. Was the two of them. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so we knew that we were going to win either way. Right. And yes, we um, were cheering both on. <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, yeah. And, um, you know, is this little exercise, clinic company that sometimes when I would go and speak to physicians and they would say oh do people have to pay to exercise well yes of course this is people pay to go to gyms people go and pay to do physiotherapy people people do pay to to exercise. Um, sometimes, you know, there would be a hesitancy, especially here in Canada of, okay, well, but if it's for someone's health, should they really have to pay for it? And so I think that it was really rewarding for us for two years in a row, we were listed as, as one of, um, BC's, um, fastest growing companies. And, you know, it was something that I actually took back and shared with, with physicians. Um, if they were skeptical on pricing, I would say people are showing up. And people are paying. And and the proof in that is that, you know, for two years in a row, we have been one of the fastest growing companies in BC. So,
2: Yeah,
1: and and I've heard from multiple people that your members as well stay with you. Like they keep coming back as well because of that family-like environment that you've created.
0: Yeah, yeah. Community is a... Huge component, and as Ann was sharing, just a really non judgmental, welcoming, supportive environment where um, anyone can come at any age and any stage, and we meet people where they're at because it that is so important. Like you, you were kind of alluding earlier to not all exercise is equal exercise, just as not all nutrition is equal nutrition, mm-hmm. and so it is a great start to get out and walk, but walking alone is a short-term solution and has its limitations but the way that we're going to exercise to treat blood pressure versus diabetes versus depression is going to be very different and the modality of exercise that we'll use will be very different and I'm of the belief that if you are going to commit an hour to an exercise session let's get the most bang for your buck let's get the most customized exercise program you can possibly get in there
1: yeah, it's, so it really makes a world of difference to work with somebody who is, for example, as knowledgeable as you are. And when I first started training um, back in December in a gym, because I had three injuries from like having children, carrying children, birthing children, um, my knees were bad. My lower back was bad. I had this shoulder thing, which I don't even know where it flared up from. And it had been going on for three years. And I just would sit at my computer and work all day and that was fine. But if I tried to, you know, actually move my body, it would hurt. And that would stop me from actually being able to exercise. So having somebody who's knowledgeable like you and also the other trainers, do you call them trainers that live well?
0: Um, So we have clinical exercise physiologists that we kind of shorten and call CEPs. And then we also have joy masters and our joy masters are kinesiologists, but really they're here to bring joy and to bring the joy out of us that exercise can bring.
1: Amazing. And that like already, I know that the level of your staff is, is, you know, far exceeds a lot of other places. And I was lucky to have a trained kinesiologist um, and personal trainer who helped me. And first thing she said is she's like, what is your end goal? I told her my end goal is to get back into climbing and running and she was like, great. And because she had the knowledge, she was able to, all my injuries are gone and now I'm running and training like 13 hours a week. And it's, uh, which I know seems excessive for anybody who's listening, but I am training to run across Canada and bike across Canada in 75 days next year. So that is a little bit different than the kind of training you're going to be doing if you are trying to um, support yourself if you have heart disease and diabetes. So just want to put that in there. But definitely it is important for people to know that not all gyms are the same and not all personal trainers and physiotherapists and kinesiologists and practitioners are the same. So make sure you seek out a a really good qualified clinic because it can make all the difference between perpetuating further injuries and actually healing and getting results.
0: Yeah, and that's and why I think that was one of the big things that, you know, for me in um, hearing our patients back when I worked in cardiac rehab and really identifying this gap again, between, you know, the medical reactive response and big box gyms um, was the business model and the business model being let's sell a whole bunch of memberships and hope that people actually don't show up. A business built on people not showing up and a business built on do it yourself, DIY exercise. Um, And, you know, uh, uh, an environment or a culture of don't dare tell me what to do. I know my own workout plan and nobody would, would really talk to anyone. And I really wanted to foster a culture in an environment that said, we want you to show up. And in fact, if you don't show up, we're going to call you, we're going to email you, we're going to see how we can get you here next time. And we are reserving a space for you every single time that you are here, a minimum of twice a week, so that you are getting in those minimum exercise requirements. Um, Our model is built on people showing up. Mm -hmm. And our model is also built on an openness and a free communication style of we're always gonna support people to tweak their exercises and improve their exercises. And our members feel very confident and safe in saying, am I doing this right? Mm -hmm. This is getting a little bit easy for me or I'm finding this challenging now. I'm not sure why, what have we changed? And opening up that communication, I think is the only thing that will move us ahead. And that was really the culture that I wanted to develop Um, in our clinics, because I, again, I I think people need to be supported and we have to lead with empathy and love in order to, uh, to truly help people heal and, and manage and prevent their, their, their health conditions. Yeah. You
1: hit so many like good points right there on the, you hit the nail on the head with so many good points is what I'm trying to say. And especially with regards to having that sounding board, right. Having that feedback from somebody with expertise and who can say, Hey, you know what? I do also notice this is getting challenging or sorry, easy for you. So yeah. let's, you know, or that, you know what, this week it is particularly challenging. So let's taper it down and switch the exercise as well. Yeah. And I think that one-on-one is amazing. So let's take me through. Um, I'm just going to unmute. um Anne here. I love the seagulls, by the way, or the birds that were, I know you're on Vancouver Island. So just unmute, your, unmute yourself, Anne.
2: There's an eagle cruising overhead and all the birds are I, <laughs> not happy.
1: I love it. I love
2: it. Oh, Anne is
1: on beautiful Vancouver Island. And it is stunning there for anybody in the world who's never been there. It is gorgeous. Um so Anne, I want you to, can you describe to me what that was like when you first signed up with LiveWell? Because I want the, I want our listeners to know what that experience is like coming from you. Um, and then I'm gonna go back to Sarah as well and ask her a few more questions.
2: Um, they have you in for an assessment and just an overall health questions and where you're at and where your mindset is for exercise. And then you start in the clinic the next time. And they have a very basic, simple card. And they support you in teaching you the right postures and helping you set up METs for what you need to do cardio-wise. And they just build and build on it. And um, I think the biggest thing at the beginning is when you walk in, the, the two staff that are on the floor, they're saying, hi, welcome. Come on in, and they introduce you to the other people, and it's just that feeling of. I used to belong to a women's only gym, and you would not say hi, hear hi from any staff member. Where this was different, you were welcome, so you wanted to come back next time. You were okay. I want to see my improvement, and I want to keep growing on this. And the staff is so welcoming and supporting me in this. And they didn't push. They they don't. It's not like you go exercise like crazy and then hurt and don't want to go back you want to go back and keep building
1: yeah and so nice to go into a gym like this too where i mean sure you can walk into a gym and you see all of these 20 something year olds who are eating mcdonald's and you know taking photos for instagram whereas you go into live well you see other people who are real humans like you know they're not you know photoshopping themselves they're there they have real life Illnesses and real life bodies, and to be able to just be amongst people who are, you know, not out there just trying to look good, even though we all know, sure, like physical appearance, you know, for some is very motivating. But at the same time, you just want to go to a gym with your sweats on and just do the work because you're ultimately craving the health that comes from the inside out that's exactly
2: it is you start to feel better and those aches and pains go away and you're sleeping better and you're making better choices when you eat so that becomes the motivator and for me it was lack of pain lack of those aches and pains and um i am true to this day six and a half years later motivated by the people who are there at any age but mostly those in their 80s like they show up and they do what they can and enjoy it and have a smile and are happy doing it and that is the goal for all of us right yeah. <laughs> is to that be would, still moving that would motivate me
1: to see an 80 year old in my gym who's lifting weights and you know doing all of that i'd be like i'm staying with this program in right through to the very end right like you must have that's a really good business model because I'm sure you have people who are going to age gracefully with you and stay with you for a long time.
2: That's what I've noticed. <laughs> yeah.
1: wow, that yeah. is awesome. So Sarah, how, I want to go back to that first question I wanted to ask you. So you are a mother of four and you have this incredible franchise business. Um, tell, tell us how you are doing that and how do you keep that, I hate to use the word balance, obviously that's such a strange word because- you know, it's always changing every day from minute to minute, day to day. So how do you keep uh, yourself healthy amidst, you know, having children and running your business?
0: Um, Yeah, it's self admittedly imperfect. um, But I think that's just the real answer uh, to it. Uh, And so, you know, when I when I started my company, my son was six months old, and he was on my hip, and, you know, sometimes coming to the clinic and, you know, um, navigating life with, with four kids. And, um, he's now 10 years old now, and my kids are 10, 12, 14, and 16. And, um, you know, so they're, they're far more independent. Uh, but, but, you know, there's, there's seasons and there are seasons where, um, it is, it is tougher to get any time for, for myself. Um, but I also then can relate to, um, to women who fall into the, um, the belief and the self narrative that I need to take care of everybody else. And one day I'll take care of myself. Um, and you know, even several years ago, I, my business really needed me on the front lines again. And I, you know, stepped up and I was commuting an hour a day and I was on the floor and I was exhausted and I stopped exercising. And there was a really nice little scone place next door. And I would grab a, I wouldn't eat during my shift because I'd be so busy and I'd grab a scone and I would eat that on my way home. And, you know, just how you're talking about eat more real food. Well, this was a, you know, baked carbohydrate coated in sugar. um, And it would feel like I hadn't eaten much but I had eaten the wrong foods. Um, and slowly over that year, I I gained a lot of weight and I really had to preach to myself what I had developed. And I joined as a member, um, to live well, and I needed to get, I needed to be accountable. I needed someone to care about me and hold me accountable and give me a, a program. And, um, that really set me back on a pattern where I was able to find my healthy weight again and integrate the habit into my life, but um, none of us are um, are not susceptible to the ebbs and flows of life and um, and so you know i I myself have benefited from from live well in the philosophy and belief and environment that we, that we have and from the members welcoming me into their, into their sessions um, as one of them. So, um, you know, it, again, it is, it is a very imperfect process, mm-hmm. um, but uh, my, my kids have learned a lot about um, about business and about commitment and discipline and um, they're very independent because of um, the amount that I, I travel and the amount of time that I do have to pour into my business and and I do believe that they will become better humans because of that um, so so yeah it's um, it's it's a it's a joy to be a mother of four um, and a very very um, busy adventure Wow. I mean, so much of what you said also resonated
1: with me. And I'm sure, Anne, you're saying, you're like nodding your head, being like, I've been there where you do, you just... You lose, you lose sight. And it's not even losing sight. It's like, you know what you need to do by just trying to find the minutes in the day to do it. And I was in the same place two and a half years into rent, opening my first restaurant with my two and a half year old on my hip. And you know we're doing construction together. We're serving customers together. Um, we're doing cash outs together at night and same thing. And even though I knew about food, so I wasn't eating the scones, but I just wasn't eating my amazing, delicious, healthy oatmeal until five, six, seven o'clock at night. And then I'd be like, that's not enough to sustain a very, you know, stressed, busy mother entrepreneur. And eventually too, my health just went down, but it was a good kick in the butt to say, okay, you know what? I also need to be the example in my business as well for customers and clients.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I have, um, my children are now, now in their twenties. And my husband also belongs to livewell. he joined shortly after me and um uh, they're all active they've all got black belts and karate and doing the bike across Canada and they're all amazing mountain climbing the thing and they are so proud of us like they are so they are our biggest supporters and they're there. We've walked a few marathons and half marathons, and they'll be at the finish line or or they'll run while we're walking and but they are truly love live well for what it's brought to our lives and what how we can hike with them and bike and yeah and
1: set setting such a good example as well for your kids because I didn't necessarily have that well I shouldn't say that I think when I was really little my parents were still playing volleyball and going on lots of hikes but then as a mother and as a parent, you know what happens, right? Like you start to get teenagers and then all of a sudden you're, you're a chauffeur. You become a chauffeur. and then you're
2: supporting their physical activities. That's, that's exactly.
1: Yeah, and that part is so wild because I think somebody forgot to tell us that your kids would, would actually get busier when they hit 13. Like they make the infant <sighs> years seem like the hard years because you're sleep deprived. But I'm like, I will take that over having no time to eat well, move my body, or not being able to prioritize that, make the time for it. And so it really does take a concerted effort when your kids become teenagers. But it's so true. They my kids as well, they, you know, see me out there biking and running every day and going to the gym. And, you know, and then I see them like my 16 year old daughter busting out a yoga mat and doing a full hour long yoga practice on her own. And I'm just like, okay, this is good. And I'm hoping too that they can say that as they you know, age and mature and go through different life stages. Yeah. Um, Sarah, I have to ask you, you had mentioned that there was an exercise, you know, different exercises, for example, you know, if somebody has diabetes or heart disease, can you dive into that more? Because I have a feeling there's some, you know, potential personal trainers out there who probably never actually thought about that differentiating the exercise based on the person's um, diagnosed chronic illness.
0: Yeah, and and that's really the the education that comes with the clinical exercise physiology training. Um, And that's done through the American College of Sports Medicine, that additional kind of postgraduate certification. Um, But, you know, I think that um, what often happens is that we don't understand as a general fitness community what these individuals should not do. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, you know, probably one of the um, uh, most common diagnosis that we see across our members is high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. And when we look at high blood pressure, exercise is very, very treatable for high blood pressure. Mm Um, but we often in the general fitness community have people doing the wrong exercises. So, um, prescribing overhead lifting or exercises that just kind of create too much exertion. And so I think that it's more about, um, if you have somebody who actually has health concerns, they should actually work with a clinical exercise physiologist just as a, if a personal trainer is working with someone who has an injured you know has elbow tendinitis Um, A personal trainer may have some guidance and some experience in giving some very basic exercises, but that person should be referred out to a physiotherapist. And this field is really no different. When we truly are using exercise as medicine, there there really has to be the specialty field that is dealing with with, with individuals in order to make sure that the dose response is exactly what we're looking for.
1: Amazing, and when you have clients that come in, so do they come in with a diagnosed condition? Is it like do you have a vetting process, or what is the process for being able to go and train at Live Well?
0: Yeah, so um, anyone is welcome here at any age, at any stage, and it's truly someone who is looking for um, an environment um, where their health is the common thread. And they are here to improve their health. Um, So we are not about how many pushups can you do or how fast can you run or any type of performance or physique. We truly are about health. And so so that's the basic common thread. Um, When our members start with us, we do a whole medical history and we we sit down and really understand the medical profile um, of our member. So it's often, you know, the mom whose kids are older teenagers are going off to university and maybe they have not been active and they say, you know, I haven't been making myself a priority and I know that my mom or my dad dealt with these health issues or my older sister, my older brother had these health issues and I don't want that to be me and that's, that's the prevention case. Um, and then it's, you know, people coming to us who have one or multiple different health diagnosis, and their doctor or they have identified themselves that they need more activity. And sometimes it is the kids that spur on the mom and dad to say, hey, I am active. Um, and I know what it does for my life. And I want you to have that same youth and vibrancy that I have. Um, and um, and that's, that's another way that people get started with us.
1: That's amazing. Do you have a place on the Sunshine Coast? We
0: do not.
1: <gasps> oh my gosh, I think I might have to move there and open one up for my parents. That would be amazing my mom would love it she loves community and just chatting with people talking about health she loves um you know like she would be in there like can I come seven days a week (laughs) you know but she something she definitely especially because again the doctors just keep saying you got to go exercise but how do you take somebody who's never been in a gym who's never used weights who's never Exercise for health, you know, my mom knew sports, you know, and had to play those early on in life. But how do you take somebody from zero to the gym on their own? And right now what you see on YouTube is literally, you know, X um, military, you know, young military dudes and gals that are out there like pumping weights full of tattoos. You know, you don't often see somebody in their forties or fifties or somebody who might be overweight or have a health condition teaching exercise online. So like, it doesn't really even exist out there. Well, I haven't seen it. So, I mean, this is why the work you do is so important.
0: Yeah. And I think that again, you know, um, the environment that we have created even for someone on that very first day it's a very formulated cultivated hour for that individual so that they first of all feel safe and included and and really feel like they're being welcomed into a family you know Anne was sharing like on her first day you know you get to meet the other members and so forth and it's really interesting because someone (laughs) will see what other people have accomplished and think, you know, oh my goodness, you know, look at that person over there doing that that exercise. There's no way I can even get on a mat at this, at this stage. Um, But, but that person will reach over and say, you know what? I was the same way when I started and I've been here for a year now and now I am able to do this. And the new person goes, oh my goodness. Now they're inspired. Oh, I can aspire to be like that. And so even a new person on their first day inspires our current members and our current members inspire that new person. And that's the beauty of our community is that there can be someone and they're there on their first day, or we have Anne on her six, six and a half year anniversary, right? Amazing Um, Anne. And Anne's inspired by the new person and the new person is inspired by Anne. And, And everyone plays a role in our community and i think that's that's a really beautiful component of it
1: i love that so 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 much um and i was going to ask you and it's almost like a rhetorical question because sarah also just kind of explained it but i mean at any point when you joined live well like did you ever feel you know unsupported or like it was not safe because i do hear those stories from young people especially that like go to work out in a gym they hire a personal trainer for an hour you know or maybe six sessions and then all of a sudden they can't go to the gym anymore because they have an injury as a result of doing the wrong exercises um at the wrong time and so how is that like I mean obviously you've been there six and a half years later which is why I say it's a rhetorical question but I just want you to chat about that a little bit
2: um no, you, you build such a trust with the staff on what your card is and what you're capable of doing that you feel confident enough to come back and say, hey, my back, my sciatica is bothering me after this exercise. Can you tweak it a bit for me? Or what can I do? Am I doing it right? Like you, there's such a rapport going on that you can speak up and say, okay, my knee hurt after those squats. Am I doing it right? Or maybe we should like, and then you consult each other and talk about what needs to change to take to improve that,
1: yeah, because often it's little tiny tweaks. Like when you mentioned your knees, that was something that happened to me after you know we had. I mean, when you don't use your body for sixteen years, like you have muscles that are just not active. Like my personal trainer was like, "I'm sorry, where?" Like you have a really big, beautiful, bodacious bum, and there's no active glute muscles, like actually firing. Like they're not; they're dead. They're just like dead, buried. Didn't couldn't find them, and it took months to activate them. Actually. But, with that, um and surprisingly enough, my husband just actually signed up with my personal trainer, and he's this like he's so skinny, like he's skinny and and looks like he doesn't even have a bum like his bums almost inverted and i'm not joking when i say that and so you know but he's strong like he can lift 25 pound bags of carrots and potatoes at our restaurant and do all of that but he got in the gym and my personal trainer is like what's with your family none of your glutes are firing and <laughs> but that makes such a huge difference for like your hip alignment your knee alignment you know like your shoulder like literally everything and so that was the nice thing about working in a gym with somebody with so much knowledge, because just like you said, and that's what my personal trainer did with me is she was like, okay, oh, you're getting a twinge on the inside of your left knee. Well, let's roll out those muscles or let's change the exercise and let's, you know, strengthen or stretch your hamstring. And you can't do that on your own when you're in a gym by yourself. Like that's one of the things that is so amazing about having a place you can't
2: also after 15 16 years of not exercising you just can't jump in 110 percent my first week um they work a lot on core which is so key um and i remember sarah was in and she laid down with me and showed me where my ta was and how to contract it and it was yeah like i just remember that moment yeah, yeah. vividly like and now yeah. that's part of my routine so they educate you as you go why you're doing this and what you're doing but there's such a comfort level in being able to share whether it's healthcare needs or body yeah. twinges or anything with the cp and the joy master that they're, you're always brainstorming and they always follow up with emails like hey how's your back feeling after that
1: oh yeah. my gosh yeah. that is so amazing and you don't have one in whistler yet
0: do you No, no. Lots in Vancouver and the Lower Mainland. And again, opening in Alberta, already open in Regina, Saskatchewan, and a couple in Ontario with more to come. So
1: that's amazing. So who is the, I mean, and I think you'd be a perfect franchisee for as well, (laughs) but who, but who, can you describe Sarah, who is your ideal franchise owner? Because Obviously, and I know from the world of franchising because we franchised our restaurants that there's people who are super passionate, but then there's people who are very entrepreneurial. So describe what the you know the perfect combination is for Live Well.
0: Yeah, um, well, you know, a franchise business offers um, really the opportunity for someone who doesn't have a lot of business experience to follow systems and processes and have support and be in a business that is. Um, for themselves, but it 's not by themselves they they are in it with other franchisees and um, and and that really forms its own family and support group um, and so uh, you know our I would say that really someone who um, can really excel at this business is first and foremost someone who cares about their community mm-hmm. somebody who really truly is passionate about the health of their community improving, supporting physicians in their local community to prescribe exercise to their patients. um, And and really kind of seeing the people who walk up and down the sidewalks and go in and out of the coffee shops and restaurants and grocery stores and seeing how can I have an impact on these people's health? How can I have an impact on their kids' health, their grandparents' health, their parents' health? Um, So that is first and foremost um, somebody who will kind of, um, catch on to, to our movement. And, you know, this is, um, as we've spoken about many times, uh, as, as much as my business is now 10 years old, this is a new concept. And there's a lot of education and thought leadership that has to go into that. And so, um, this is somebody who, um, who really wants to help to pioneer this in their community. Um, and and again it's it's really someone who's willing to roll up their sleeves and um it's still a startup business you regardless of whether it's a franchise business or uh, a concept of your own that you're starting up it still is a startup business and there it takes a lot of effort to get a business up and going um, and a lot of a lot of times that is kind of boots on the ground and putting in the sweat equity to build up the business and, and build up your name in the community. Um, one thing I do know though is that once people experience what we do and consistently across all of our clinics um, our members become raving fans and they tell others about our business and they bring friends and typically their friends um, say, I wish I had listened to you earlier. Yeah. Um, and that, that is a real story. I'm sure Anne can yes. allude to yes. that.
2: Yes, <laughs> many.
0: Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that you use raving fans as well. I mean, it's t- Tony Robbins talks about how you know, to make any business be successful. It's like, you just have to develop your raving fans. And so that doesn't mean, you know, having a million people on your Instagram site, having raving fans means literally those people have been served so well that they do become family. They do become community. They, you know, are, they're, be, they're being given the best of the best service and product and follow-up in those follow-up emails that you talked about. And And then that creates raving fans. And then from that, they tell everybody about you. That becomes your marketing
0: strategy.
2: And our quality of life improved so much, my husband and I, that different friends joined because, oh, look at them, they're doing this. Like Kelowna, I think I have about five members who are from high school who have joined. And just seeing our quality of life improve Mm -hmm. has been enough for a lot of our friends to come join.
1: Yeah. And it's contagious too. Like, I know I see that with our 22 million training tribe. Um, that's, a, you know, I said, I'm just going to share my training with anybody who wants to do it. You know, you don't have to do the full version. You can do a quarter of what I'm doing, but at least it's just the schedules there to get you outside moving every day. And it's been incredible. We have like all of these people from all over that are just, you know, doing it. And, the community that's from that is so profound and people are glowing, like you can see it through the videos that they're sending in and um, it's been so exciting. And that's one question I have for you, is I know through, uh, sorry, Sarah, that I know through, um, for example, the Blue Zones research where they found that there you know, is nine areas that if you incorporate that and make it your lifestyle, then you can live to be over a hundred disease free. And one of those components, yes, eating well and eating predominantly a diet rich in like fruits and vegetables and greens and colors, for sure important, but community was right up there as well. And we've known that community is even better than, you know, you know, if you don't have community, it can be as bad as smoking X number of cigarettes a day type of thing. So how have you noticed that with your members that come in? I can imagine for a lot of them that just the community aspect is enough to turn their health around
0: absolutely. even if
1: they weren't on the treadmill or lifting the weights
0: yeah absolutely i mean community is is literally one of the most important aspects of our program and there's widespread research to show that you know community can help Um, you know, people deal with depression and, um, community is actually, um, also an indicator of people who have been able to maintain, um, their, their, their healthy weight loss. Um, they, you know, it's not a a specific, I did this diet or that diet or whatever it is. I had a community of people who were around me and supported me and loved me through all of this. And so we know that developing community is so imperative to people's health journey And so we didn't want to just leave that to, well, we hope that people connect and become friends. And um, you know, you. we wanted to cultivate it. We wanted it to be that if you come to live well, you have an opportunity to be part of a community. And so our exercise sessions are very typically the exact same people on the exact same day at the same time. And the last five minutes, is a time when everybody comes together and they stretch and they have a cool down, but they share and they share their celebrations and they share their inspirations and they share their motivations and people will will motivate others. And that's a real time of connectiveness. Um, And I think that for me personally, as, as the founder and CEO of the company, um, our, our community was really put to test during COVID and we had to close all of our clinics for three months. Um, we were closed from the middle of March to the middle of June. And um, that really was a time when you kind of say to yourself, how deep rooted is our community? And where I was seeing other fitness concepts shut their doors, boutique fitness um, concepts closing up big box gyms, shutting down permanently community centers, not, not knowing how to reopen here. We had a group of people who stuck with us. We had a group of people who said, how can we keep getting what we get at live well at home and we will show up for it. And we created an on-demand product within five days of our clinics closing. We had every single one of our members exercising in their home and from, um, from the end of March till now, we have clocked over 23,000 on-demand workouts from our members across this country. Um, and then a few weeks later, we delivered a live streaming exercise where we knew our members in the spirit of community had to see each other's faces again. It had been long enough and everyone had to see each other's faces. And our members come in groups of about 10 to 12 people at one time. And so we offered live streaming. We brought our staff now safely back into our clinics. We bought big screen TVs and we provided live streaming so that we knew the moment that we could open our clinics back up and invite people in, that there would be some people who didn't feel comfortable with that and there would be others that would. And we knew about a third of people would return quite quickly into our clinics but another third would be quite hesitant and so to this day we still have where we have members live streaming in and members in the clinic and they see each other and they wave hi hi it's on a big screen inside the clinic people are at home exercising people are in the clinic exercising but everybody has really stayed together as a community and again over the course of all of this COVID disaster from the middle of March until now we, we retained over 60% of our members where I saw concept, concepts lose almost a hundred percent of their clients. Um, and because people went to free online and all of these different things, our members knew this is my family. These are my people. I belong this is my solution, and I'm not going to give up on it. And so I'm so grateful to our Live Well community. Um, But it, it put our community to the test. And it showed that our Live Well family is strong and stronger than ever and getting stronger by the day. That I, the whole time you're talking, I'm like, I wish I had a
1: compostable confetti gun because I'd be blowing (laughs) it off right now. And we'd have confetti sprinkling all over the screen. Yeah, Um, that is like, that is just such a beautiful story and, um, and resonates well with me too, because my personal trainer, Megan Suter from Peak Training Whistler, the same thing happened to her too. You know, she has a boutique, little tiny, it's like one-on-one gym in this gorgeous location and the minute covid hit she had to close doors too but yeah. the first thing i said is like well you don't have to stop training like let's just go onto zoom and so she was able to get all her clients onto zoom which was amazing i do have to say it's probably because of live well that i couldn't get any weights because everybody was sold out i'm sure all your <laughs> members are like ordering weights a minute that covid hit oh.
2: We but, had kidney cans and kidney beans and tomatoes. <laughs> That's what we were using. <laughs> yeah, I was lifting rocks
1: in my garden
2: and I had like big jugs of
1: apple cider vinegar <laughs> that I was like lifting up his weight. It was awesome. With like all yeah. the different things we used. Yeah. Um, yeah. A towel in the door jam, like all yeah. sorts of things. Um, I want to talk about that a little bit too, because um Um, there's a there's a beautiful and I wish I can remember the name of the company but there's an indigenous couple who have this gorgeous company and they do personal training as well and they have lots of online courses but I love that they also have indigenous um, weight systems like which are really nature's weights. so how did you transition your clients into being at
0: home like did people have to purchase weights like what did they do Yeah. So we, again, we really want to meet our members where they're at. And so we don't have kind of one big blanket approach that we throw to everybody. We went to every single member individually and said, what do you have? What do you have at home? Um, what are you looking to, to buy? But what do you have? Let's work with what you have. Um, and, you know, our, we created videos of even showing our members where you can start with push-ups using your staircase, you know, you can start a push-up really high. And then as you get better, slowly moving down the staircase, there you go. You don't need a bench for that. Um, using the four liter milk jugs and slowly adding liquid to it. Um, those were great ways to progress people, but you know, it's about really finding tricks and understanding where people are at. Some people said for my cardio, I want to go out and walk. Other people said, Hey, I've pulled up this old bike from the basement. I'm going to use this. We used what we had, um, and, um, and really met people where they were at. Some people wanted to buy new equipment. Other people said, I have nothing. We were able to develop programs for everybody, no matter where they were. Wow. Wow. That is make kidney beans work. That's
2: what yeah, I said. Beef, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, kidney beans, tomatoes, yeah. We used to whatever we had in the pantry, water bottles, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That is incredible. So... I just love your company so much I just have to say like everything uh Tori who is uh, one of your franchisees I met her at Be Fresh on Cyprus and her sister actually is a friend of mine up here in Whistler but I had never met Tori before and it's so interesting meeting you Sarah and chatting with you because I see what a great job you have done with training your franchisees as well like her energy just like really mimics and reflects yours um, with her own unique twist. But I mean, she is such a massive brand advocate um, and has that intense level of knowledge as well, which is so deep and trusting. And you immediately just want to be like, okay, Tori, whatever you want, I'll sign up for it. You know, I'll drive to Vancouver and go to your clinic if, you know, if I have to. So you've done obviously like an amazing job with your franchisees as well. Um, and how, how do you support your franchisees and also, um, like, do you have to teach them how to maintain that healthy balance so that they don't walk the same path you walked when you were eating the scone and, and potentially, you know, (laughs) getting slightly unhealthy there. How do you do that for your franchisees?
0: Yeah. You know, um, I, I think that really it's about, um, supporting our franchisees and, in all aspects, but you know, our focus is on um, making sure that the franchisees um, develop and build a balanced business um, and making sure that they are hiring the right people because people um, really make the inside and and build the culture um, of our business. And then it's, what are the systems needed in order to grow the business? What are the things that we need to talk to doctors about? What are the marketing tools? What are the sales tools? And understanding those pieces. And then understanding, you know, how do I financially drive this business? What are my profit margins? And, and, you know, what do I charge for a membership? And, um, you know, nowadays, having a recurring membership business model um, is really, really a, a favorable, predictable business model. And I think that you know, one thing that I would celebrate my team for um, out out of our out of our head office, and we call ourselves Joy Squad. Um, our, our Joy Squad really um, took our our franchise model and said, okay, how do we also shift and and relook at this for a post-pandemic economy? Mm-hmm. So, what about the people out there who are thinking this is a great concept and I want to bring this to my community? Um, how can we reduce the risk? How can we make this more approachable where people are um, in, uh, in a mind frame of, I thought my job was super secure and COVID showed me that, holy smokes, a lot of people lost their jobs and I wasn't expecting that. So more people are wanting to be their own boss, but people are financially conservatives and the banks are being conservative. And how can we meet all of these needs so we have shifted our, our model and made it um, a little bit more tighter packaged, um, a little, you know, we've we've taken away some things that could have had some high cost, reduced the amount of space that people would need to start their business so that they can build their business in, in a little bit more of a risk adverse environment. Um, and I, I know that out of the 2008 recession um, is when franchise sales in North America, um, really skyrocketed. And so in a time of economic disaster, we do see a real uptake of be your own boss buy a franchise business. Um, and it's just that added element of, you know, starting any new business is a risk. And there is a there is a, a risk of failure. Um, but starting a franchise business is minimizing that risk. Um, and so that's really how we um, have looked to, I would say, advance and innovate our, our business model to be predictive of um, the a, a post-pandemic culture and and and, um, and definitely economical landscape. Um, and so, so yeah, our, our franchise um, our franchisees are are the life of our brand. Um, And so we want to make sure that they're supported. You know, we have an online university that teaches their staff exactly how to deliver the brand experience, the member experience, so that whether you're at a clinic in BC or Ontario, the exact same thing is happening. Um, and, And that's the beauty of franchising. Uh, yeah
1: no definitely is And um, you seem to have hit all the points um that are needed to have a successful franchise as well uh, and are your members are able i mean not many people are traveling right now but are they able to visit other livewell clinics if they're a member of one clinic um if if they
0: if they if they were to travel between um locations yeah Yeah, absolutely. Um, Members can um, either drop into another location or even have a a joint membership. Sometimes it's that someone might work downtown and live in the suburbs. So it might be that, you know, on a a few days after work, they go to the one downtown and on the weekend, they go to the one in the suburbs or um, whatever that, that mix and match may be. Um, but right. we do find that m- most of our members do really, again, they find a friendship and they find a group and people are willing to then drive for that. People are yeah. willing to go out of their way. And sometimes we even find that we open up a new clinic in the suburb that somebody lives in where they were driving 30 minutes before and they go, well, I'm going to keep driving those 30 minutes cause they're my friends and they're my people. Now and I don't want to lose them. Christ. Right. So we definitely find that.
1: Wow. Um, one of the uh, questions that I have is around Im- uh, being able to hire employees. So, you obviously have a specific skill set that you need, right? So, does everybody have to be certified in the clinical? Sorry, say it again clinical
0: exercise physiologist.
1: Clinical exercise physiologist, CEP. Um, so, do they have to, does everyone have to be trained or how do you manage that? Because I imagine that you know, when you are in the world of fitness, there's so many different styles, so many different ways of doing it. Um, how do you ensure that these people are delivering the same, um, expertise in every clinic?
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, our, our, uh, clinical exercise physiologists, you know, they're, they're a professional group of, of highly educated exercise professionals. And so that lends itself to just a lot of consistency. And then with any franchise, Brand, you know, we have a system and a structure that they follow so that ultimately the product that a member receives is very consistent and safe. Saying that it was one of the things that I was very passionate about in leading this brand. um, You know, I graduated with a kinesiology degree and I wasn't aware of this field. To be honest, there weren't many opportunities or there wasn't a lot of awareness. Um, that this was a field that you can make a go in. And so people often did their kinesiology degree and then went into physiotherapy or OT and then they went and continued their education. And, you know, somebody can go and they can get their physiotherapy degree and they can work in a physiotherapy clinic or they can choose to own their own physiothera- physiotherapy clinic and bring in other physiotherapists. And that way they can also control their income and their goals. And maybe they own multiple physiotherapy clinics, but there is that opportunity. In kinesiology, it was kind of like, well, as a kinesiologist, maybe I can work in a physiotherapy clinic. They might hire one kinesiologist. Maybe I can be a personal trainer. But then I'm also competing against people who don't have a kinesiology degree and their personal trainers. And how do I determine my rate? And I really wanted to provide a vertical ladder for someone who graduated from kinesiology. And yes, there is. You know, you need up from several hundreds to a thousand hours of clinical experience to write this exam. So we created a pathway for kinesiology graduates to come and work for us as a kinesiology graduate, to then sit an exam internally with us to become a CEP candidate. Then they get on an education pathway within our online portal of university courses that we've developed and they get prepared and they can write their CEP exam. Meanwhile, they are hired, they are being paid and they are being educated and they are gaining the experience that they need which is very contrary to my experience. I had to volunteer for a year in a hospital full-time in order to get that experience. So I was unpaid. I got all of the experience that I needed. And, and then I was able to write my exam with no guarantee of a job. And so it's really a pathway that we wanted to create to provide the future of kinesiology students with there's options out there. Um, and there's, there's a lot of potential for you because now you can... Become a CEP. You can also own your own live exercise clinic one day, and heck, if you want, you could own multiple live exercise oh. clinics one day. Yeah, that
1: is a brilliant model for sure, and it's interesting how there's so many similarities. I'm mean, food as medicine; your exercise is medicine. But we had the same thing happen with us. Is it especially when we opened up our restaurants, we had all these nutritionists and dietitians working for us. And I'm like, well, why aren't you out there doing this work in the world? And it requires them to be entrepreneurs and get out there and like get clients. And how do you compete against the paleo nutritionist versus a keto nutritionist versus a plant-based whole food nutritionist? And so it did require a specific individual who can actually take their um, dietitian's um, dietary degree or their nutrition degree or certification and actually do something with it. So Mm -hmm. we did a very similar thing as well. And it's just to give them additional education. I mean, not as robust as yours, obviously, because um, you know, we don't have this, you know, a, a certification program in the end that is so well recognized as a CEP, but I have a feeling that's coming down the line, but it's, but it is important as entrepreneurs and business owners to support those those people who have the passion and have the skills to help get them to the next level. A lot of times, you know, I often say to our staff, I'm like, you know, working in our restaurant or even managing our restaurant is not your end career. There's something else out there bigger for you, for you to give your gifts to the world. Like we are an entry level position, but it doesn't mean that as an entrepreneur, I can't support them in getting to that end goal as well. And so many of our staff have started their own businesses where food is medicine is the foundation. And so I just love what you're doing because you are building, you're building our future world leaders. what you're doing Uh yeah which is amazing and also allowing people to let their gift shine as well and not get lost in the in the world of just trying to figure out like well who do I work for and where can I just get a job you're creating careers for people which is such a big difference so you're not just getting people healthy in the gym you are creating I love it on all levels so Anne um, a question that I have for you or maybe for both you and Sarah and you can both um uh, answer this just as we wrap up. And I'm asking you because actually Anne, you have older children and I'd like to learn for your for from your motherly wisdom. So, you know, you have three kids. I have three kids, Sarah, you have four children. And, you know, I struggle sometimes with, you know, my middle daughter, like just being like, babe, let's move your body. Like she just didn't want to do gymnastics anymore. She loves playing the piano. You know, my kids can all cook and and they can eat really well, but they can also now venturing into the world and spending their own money and, and buying a lot of junk food. So how do you two navigate that world? Because I'm assuming you have children with minds of their own and desires of their own
2: like with ourselves it's um it's growth and it's fit, fits and starts and they will go out and try but i think our kids we each they each found something they were passionate about dance and baseball and karate and swimming and um so they were always active and enjoy that as part of their lives but um food wise it's been a growth but their examples for us they all eat very healthy and know what they need to nourish their bodies so we're learning from them well, we're also showing them how different things. Does that make sense? No, it's, <laughs> it's a joint effort. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah. fits and starts is actually a really nice way of putting it. So to remember that, you know, there might be a burst forward and then it'll stop and then it'll start again and not to get hung up on the fact, you know, that when your kids kind of Go go left when you want them to go right, you know, or straight ahead. Yeah, it's challenging when you do have a lot of information about nutrition or exercise, and then to also have to let your kids navigate their own worlds. What about you, Sarah?
0: Yeah, I um, you know, I think that uh, so my kids are ages ten to sixteen, um, and they're they're all involved in organized sport. Um, but I think that you know, oftentimes there's this kind of emphasis that sport leads to um, more competitive sport, to more formal sport, to you know, university sport, and, and that's st- still a very, very great pathway. I think that what we need to remember is what is the goal of our kids being in, in these activities. And so I often talk to my kids about, this would be great if this provides you with opportunities to fund your university or further education, and that, that's amazing. Um, But ultimately what you are learning is the foundational skills that will keep you healthy, that will keep your mind healthy and that will keep your, your habits healthy. So right now it's, it's discipline. You know, my oldest daughter, she dances five days a week four or five hours a day after school, and she buses 45 minutes after school out to a dance studio. And then we're picking her up later in the evening and she's waking up early before school and doing her homework. And um, now with COVID and, and school schedules, she only goes to school for half of her courses and she's home for half of them. But what she is learning is discipline she is (laughs) learning that now for half of her high school courses she doesn't even have have a class that she needs to attend so she has to apply herself and so that's really I think that instead of talking about sport as oh I I hope you make you know the the NHL or I hope you you make the NBA um, you know it's about I, I hope that you are developing the foundational skills that activity will always be be part of what you do. Um, and um, for, for my boys who are 10 and 12, um, you know, I still really focus on play. Um, you know, riding their scooters and bikes and building bike ramps and getting outside and going and, and giving them the freedom. I I, I call it free range parenting, because I think it sounds very like, like gluten free parenting or paleo parenting. It sounds cool. Um, And it's it's about giving our kids the independence to go out and do things. It's kind of 1980s parenting. And COVID allowed us to do that in many ways. And my kids, they could go out for a bike ride and keep a really healthy distance from, from other kids and get out there. And they learned to play again and um, that climb trees and build forts. And, you know, my my boys learned to to fish. And I, I remember one day I came home and my my 12-year-old Um, I said what did you do today buddy and he said oh well I got my crab net and I walked down to the beach we we live two blocks from from the beach and I went to the pier and I went crabbing and I caught a crab and I measured it up and I brought it home and I cooked it and I made some garlic butter and and so I had some crab for lunch. And this is an awesome. amazing life skill that you know that, that we were able to teach. And so I, I think that in, in all of this, getting back to the basics, and even with exercise and physical activity, um, it is about having people find the joy in something they're doing. And as kids, that might be play, that might be more uh, more organized sport, but it ultimately is finding the joy in it. And I think that when we anchor on the joy... Um, we do build lifelong habits. Yeah, I know. That's a really, I gonna, really good advice. And I'm going to
2: yeah. say that's where we're at. Is it was never about you're going to be this baseball player. I think it was about just being active and taking that into their lives to help them juggle health and mental health and everything. And now is at, like we hike with them, we bike with them, golf. My son taught me how to golf the last two years. It's, it's a great way to spend time together mm-hmm. is being physically active.
1: Yes. Yeah, No. It definitely is. And you're outside and you're taking in, you know, fresh air and the microbiome from the dirt kicking up underneath your feet. It's all, I mean, on all levels, it is, yeah, yeah, quite amazing. You ladies have been phenomenal. I love your story. I love, Anne, that you've been there six and a half years with Live Well. I mean, that is so telling in itself um, and speaks to the integrity of Live Well and all the work that you've put together, Sarah. What are a couple tips, let's say two tips from both of you that you would like to leave with our audience members who are not yet taking the step to move their body. What are two, te- two, t- two tips that you could offer them to, to help nudge them forward?
0: Do you wanna start? Go first, then? You go first. <laughs> no, 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 you go, because then I'll fill in the ones that you, that okay. you
2: Um to start slow and small it's it's all cumulative whether it's two 10-minute walks a day just to start and start small and build on that don't go out and try and climb that big hill or anything the first day just start slow and look for a community you can do it with whether it's live well or or neighbors or something but the community support is key to keep you going to keep it Mm
0: Yeah, yeah, I yeah and, and I points. would echo that that last one, yeah. Anne, in the sense of um, we're willing to let ourselves down, but we're not willing to let a friend down. Yes. So find a partner in crime um, yeah. because accountability is, um, is absolutely necessary for success. Um, and, you know, I would just say be kind to yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Forgive yourself every day. And um, don't don't set your sights too far ahead, allow yourself to to make mistakes. That's part of practicing when we're building a new habit or learning something new. The reality is, is we suck in the beginning, we're going to make a lot of mistakes. So don't expect perfection, just a little bit of progress, a little bit of time and practicing at building healthy habits is the only way that you can do it it's not all or nothing it doesn't happen overnight it's one little thing and there's a lot of mistakes along the way so be willing to be imperfect and it's
2: okay for yourself you're doing it only for yourself and you enjoy that time that you have to look after yourself
1: those are amazing tips and i can definitely relate to all of them because it's You know, been a year-long journey of me of getting back into moving my body first in the gym to heal the injuries, to get me to the point where I can go on my first run and then my first bike ride. I never rode biked before, and this weekend I'm going to be doing a 161 kilometer ride, um, followed by a 10k run. And a year ago, I couldn't run 100 meters down my road, and so it is. And it started with that super tiny, tiny step. And the second piece, that accountability piece, I can't stress that enough. And for myself, I didn't know anybody who would wanna run with me because I couldn't run. And so I went on Facebook and I just said, hey, I'm going to start running. Is there anybody out there who wants to run with me three days a week? And this beautiful woman, Tanya Valentino, a yoga instructor in our town said, I'll run with you. And she was actually a really, like she can run fast and she can run long. But she was like, whatever. I just want to be out. I'm happy to be outside. And we now run together like two times a week. I go to her yoga class and that she is the number one reason that got me out the door running because I wouldn't have done it on that first day if I didn't have to wake up at seven in the morning, put on my running shoes and get out there and huff and puff my way down the road. Um, And it was the best thing ever. So I hope everybody out there can find their own Tanya um, or Live Well or Anne. Um, You have been amazing. Thank you for doing the work that you do in the world because exercise is medicine. It is super important for us to move our bodies and to do it in a place, in a way that is safe and well. So thank you for being here. Thank Thank you. you so much
0: for having us.
1: So glad that we had Sarah on the show and also to have Anne on the show as well to give her direct experience of benefiting from everything that Live Well Exercise Clinics offer. So if you are someone who is suffering from a chronic disease, don't know how to move your body, you don't know how to get started with increasing movement and exercise in your life from a day-to-day perspective, then definitely reach out to Live Well. Look at their website. You can get information there. If you live in Canada as well, definitely sign up to be part of their programs. You now know that they're offering their programs online as well. You do not need to have a gym in your home to be able to... Uh, engage in movement and exercise as medicine. You can literally use anything in your house, just as Sarah mentioned in the podcast. And so don't wait another day. I know I waited 16 years before moving my body and it was 16 years that I did not have to wait. Really, I could have started off very, very, very small. A lot of us, when when we think about exercise, we think we need to go big or go home, that often leads in injury. You don't need to do that, you can start really small. And the beauty of it is that your body will love you for doing it. Your mind will love you for doing it and you will be able to turn your health around. And before you know it, within a few short weeks, you'll be increasing the amount of movement and exercise that you can do and that will benefit your body just as food as medicine benefits your body as well. So don't waste another day to get started call Sarah at her clinic. She'll put you in touch with somebody who can help you help get you on the right path to health. Okay, everyone, that is it for this show. Stay tuned as every week we produce another podcast um, every week that involves learning about food as medicine, that involves learning about your body and how to optimize your health using either sleep, food, exercise, so many more things. If you know of somebody that has used food as medicine to reverse their chronic degenerative disease, reach out to them and tell them that we would love to interview them for our podcast so that they can share their healing journey with others so that others can learn. Because as you know, stories help change the world. And that's what we are doing here on the Eat Real to Heal podcast. Thanks for being with us. Stay well. Eat well. Do well.